Hi, and welcome to the 20th episode of Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Sites. I'm excited to be back with you again and chatting with you about this three series of, uh, we started last time with creating sanctuary, right, and this idea of sanctuary. And today we're going to take that a little further. Hopefully you've found that place of inner sanctuary where you've been able to show up and explore with curiosity uh, what's going on for you and in a safe place. And I think that's important for this topic today. We're still talking about the concept of codependence. What is codependence? I just kind of want to start that because some of you are new to this podcast. Like, I've never heard of this. Um, and I'm going to take a very different take on codependence maybe than you've ever heard today because I'm going to integrate concepts of mindfulness to codependence. And I've seen some people do this, but I think it's somewhat unusually done, at least in my field. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, But codependence is the pain in adulthood that comes from being wounded in childhood that leads to a high probability of relationship problems such as addictions, compulsions. It is a combination of our immature thinking, feeling and behaving that generates an adverse relationship with self. I want you to hear that. It, It creates an adverse relationship with yourself. The codependent individual acts out through self-destructive or unduly self-sacrificial behavior. So really codependence is about you. It's really about you. And I think that oftentimes when we struggle with something, we externalize it and we make it about the other people in our lives. I know when I've worked with people around this for my own issues of codependence, I've really been challenged to go, okay, you're still in the victim summer. You're still in the victim. Like, how can you move out of that and realize that like you are creating your life? You are allowing this to show up. You are giving away your power, you know, these types of concepts. And it's not as easily done as, and I know from personal experience as, as that is said, but it, that is actually the process. That is what works. But we're going to talk about how, first of all, like what codependence is and it's living at extremes. Okay. So think about that with me. The, the title of this podcast is swinging into the middle. So I want you to think about kind of a balance. We have one extreme and the other, and the idea is that we want this balanced middle, right? Balance is where, you know, joy is found, right? Um, balance is um, usually the that landing between those two extremes. And our balance is unique as we are. So I can't tell someone what their balance is, but they can seem to find it by looking at the extremes in their life and going, okay, how do I swing to the middle or at least more towards that middle? Um, so let me give you an example of, of like opposites, right? Opposites are extremes. You know, one one place that we may live is um, I am right. I am right and others are wrong, right? That's one extreme, right? And the others is that, that maybe the opposite extreme is I am wrong. I am totally wrong. I am defective and other people are right about me, right? Now we can all, we can both kind of hear that and go, yeah, one's kind of puffed up in ego, and actually, I would say insecurity, because usually when I'm right and others are wrong, there's no ability to actually see truth, and there's something we're hiding back there. Um, but the other place is also just as dangerous. I'm wrong. I'm defective. Um, this is where we get, you know, deep depression, suicidal ideation. These types of things show up in that I am wrong. I am faulty. I'm broken place. And this comes from faulty relationship, right? Again, codependence is something we came by honestly. Um, I've seen a lot of studies recently talk about, you know, children and especially in Western culture, there's, there's kind of this concept that doesn't exist in every culture, but this concept of like, 
we really need to criticize others. We really need to point out where they're failing so they can know, you know, the rules of the game and they can show up and do it right, right? There's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. And we don't want to be soft on people, right? We want to make sure that they, they buck up and they, they do those things. So, so maybe you had that kind of critical parent that was always pushing you, always pushing you to be your best self, but not in a way that was validating and, and like giving you tools, but just being like kind of pointing out all the times where you were messing up and pointing that out to you. What research has shown is that person grows up, right? And they internalize that voice. So actually that voice, then you don't have to even have that parent in your life anymore. Maybe they've chilled out. Maybe it's different now that you're an adult, but you're that voice for yourself, right? So you're constantly letting yourself know where you're failing. And this may be something that you're not even fully aware of, right? You you start to think maybe that you're failing and maybe you want to put that blame somewhere else or externalize it or you go to a way to numb it out. But there's this internal voice that kind of to, to protect you, right, kind of gets ahead of it. It's like, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to put me down. I'm going to put myself down first. You may have grown up and you're, you're that compassionate, supportive parent to your kids. But if you listen to your own voice, it's actually pretty harsh, right? So if you relate to that, I think many, many adults do. The other opposite, opposite extreme is there. Let's say maybe you had parents who were, again, we're looking at the attachment model. You had parents that were both supportive at times, right? And then other times very critical. So when you were performing well, they maybe were super perfor- uh, supportive. And then other times, like, they really let you have it, right? But it was just kind of unstable, kind of swung both directions. Well, then those are the perfectionists, right? We have those parent people that kids that go, okay, if I'm going to be safe, that means I just need to not ever make a mistake, right? As long as I don't make mistakes and I don't have any weaknesses, then then I'll be okay. Well, inherently, we know that's not possible, right? We're not able to like not ever make a mistake. And so those people become very anxious and um you know, they constantly judge and check and look and try to never make a mistake. And, and they do because, because it's been all put on them. Like it's your job to not make a mistake, right? You're in control of that. This idea that we control these things, they, it becomes very much a control mentality. And again, the critical voice shows up. So again, this is a very adverse relationship with self. So how do we step out of this? Again, this is not about our attachment figures. This is not about our childhood. We're adults now we've grown up. Um, and it's time for us to really address the facts of losses, right, in our life. And one of those ways to do that is called compassion, right? We need to do our compassion work. So we'll talk about that and how compassion helps us swing into the middle in this podcast today. All right. I want everyone hearing my voice today to understand something. You are not broken. Are you hearing me? And I know some of your critical voices just showed up and said, well, she doesn't know me because if she did, she would know how broken I am. I want to tell you that you are exactly who you're supposed to be right now in your learning journey. And life isn't showing up against you, but it's actually showing up for you, right? How does that stance make your story different, right? If life is suffering, we all have suffering, and things show up maybe to show us where we get to grow next. Is that different from showing you that you're defective or not enough? That you're broken? Your hunger for expansion is just your true self letting you know that it's time to let go of emotions and beliefs that you're ready to let go of. They wouldn't even be showing up for you right now. You wouldn't maybe be listening to this or interested in this topic if you weren't ready to let go of something, right? 
So I want to start this episode with a reflection on a journey um, that you've already been in, right? Each one of you have come to the table with already growth. I want you to think about ways that you've already showed up courageously and owned your story. Um, maybe notice areas where um, you know you were weak and you empowered yourself to create something different. Every one of you in the sound of my voice has done that somewhere in your life. And so I want to show you that you already have success. I think it's super important to build from strength towards weakness. And that's one of the ways that we are compassionate, right? We go, okay, there are areas where I am strong and I've been strong. And there are areas where I'm still learning, where I'm addressing weakness, right? That doesn't mean I'm broken. That just means I'm growing, right? And you know that you absolutely can continue to do that. Um, One of the things that uh, I often have said, and I'm kind of learning even this podcast, right, breaking free, is this concept of breaking up with an old pattern is somewhat of going to extremes, right? It's funny, like, I, I still like the idea of breaking up with and letting go of, but it is kind of a harsher term. So I like to kind of suggest today, at least in this, of thinking about this pattern of like breaking up with if you're constantly breaking up with like a friend or or a boyfriend or a spouse, like that's a painful journey, right? That I'm constantly breaking up with. And so I think that's what happens in codependence. Like you're either like saying I reject you or I reject myself, right? And so there's this kind of shifting between, okay, we're all in the relationship or we're all out of the relationship, right? You're jumping to extremes, right? You're either dependent there's one extreme. And you're like, I need you. I need you to accept me. I need you to tell me I'm okay. I need you to meet my needs. Or I don't need anybody. I'm completely self-reliant, self-sufficient here, and I don't need anybody. I'm on my own. And we move to isolation, um, which, you know, doesn't work either because we're designed to need love and connection. So we have all these ways where we isolate Um, to to protect. But in the end, it's kind of we build ourselves our own little prison of isolation. So neither one of those work, right? You're not in need. And I'll get to that stance by the end of this podcast. Like, I need you. I need you. I can't meet my own needs. I need you to love and accept me. Um, Or I don't need you at all. Again, those are extremes and we're seeking to go into the middle. So balance leads to joy. We're looking to take those opposites and move to that middle. So somewhere in this relation, we all bought into story that you need love, acceptance, and approval to be okay, or even even more powerful, you need them to be safe, right? That's a big portion for people is to be safe. When you were a child, you thought you needed them to be safe, right? The ego gets formed in the early years in relationship to those attachment figures, right? So that voice becomes our own voice, and we kind of then continue in our adulthood and mimicking that voice. And then that voice pushes you around. Okay, so let's look at this. These are the ways that our ego pushes us around in in order to really attack this in a way that allows us to really heal it in a softer way. We need to understand what's going on. So some of you use what I call downward comparison, right? You look for the flaws in others to seek to feel good. A great example of this is what I call mean girls, right? (laughs) I remember in the Mean Girls movie where the girls, like, they had their book where they kept track of everybody else's weaknesses, right, and everybody else's stuff. And so sometimes we do that, right? We keep track of other people's weaknesses. We're focusing externally to find ways or areas where we're better than, right? Well, I'm better than. I I keep these rules and you don't, or I am superior in this way to others. 
if you ask people to describe themselves, it's really interesting. They'll either describe themselves as wiser, more successful than the average, or they'll go to the opposite extreme and describe themselves as less than defective. Neither one is true. So I want you to do this exercise with me, either mentally or write this down. I want you to be honest with yourself and say, because we all have them, there's five areas in your life where you're probably above average, right? You're more skilled than the average. These are your strengths. Take, take a few seconds and just think of five of those things. And you may want to pause this and do that for a minute. So I'm going to, for sake of time, I'll continue. But you, I guess then you could pause this podcast and then go ahead and do that. The other is, I want you to think of five areas where, guess what? You're below average and that's okay. Maybe you're just still learning. This is not... You know, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And this is the beginning of self-compassion is owning the fact that we're all both superior and average and we're all somewhere in between, right? We're growing and learning. We're, we're both weak and strong. And that just is. So I want you to write down five areas and own them without having to run away to these defensive mechanisms where maybe you feel like you're, if you're honest, like you're maybe below average or what you would consider average. Yeah. And then just look at that and, and give, that gives you a balanced view of where you're at. Like I said, I think a lot of us want to have this like I'm superior or lower than, but the truth is you're somewhere in between. So that's a one way to start having compassion is accepting the fact that we we are both strong and weak, right? That we're all flawed and both strong at the same time. Um, so that's kind of the antidote to these internal games that we play. The other one is that we often do this kind of, I'm a victim, I'm a persecutor, I'm a rescuer. Um, you know, so I'm a victim. I can't change because other people in my life haven't changed. And I'm waiting for them to change. And if they change, then I'll be okay. Then all my needs will be met. So there we go. We've outsourced our worth. Again, we're, we're saying that you have my power. You own it. I want you to stop for a minute and tell that story in terms of yourself completely not my mother my my husband my 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 child right these different roles that we are in are these things are doing them to me and because they're doing them to me I can't help but being stuck in this place of insecurity and low worth or or interdependent there's uh, codependence with them I want you to stop and just take a minute and describe it in terms of yourself with compassion right I am feeling these feelings I'm responding to them in this way. I'm giving my power to this person by letting them tell me if I am or am not okay. Right? Because I've done that. It's a pattern I have. If I'm in codependence, I do that. Right? So there I'm a victim instead of a co-creator. Maybe I persecute others, right? Because i got to find a way to not face the things that are in me, not face the weaknesses. So I persecute and I say, hey, this is the ways you're defective. And because you're defective... You know, I'm not because it makes me feel a little higher on the scale, right? So maybe we're persecuting or the or we're rescuing, right? My value is based on what I can do for other people. And so if I am able to rescue them and help them, then I have value. All of these are ways that we're living at extremes. So the antidote to this is, again, self-compassion. Let's look at self-compassion for a minute. So now you get kind of a sense of, and I'd, I would like to invite everyone to go to uh, Kristen Neff's work. 
I think it's selfcompassion.org. I'll have to double check that in my notes. She has some great YouTube videos and um, or, and tools. A lot of these pieces I'm taking from her. But she talks about self-compassion. So we start with the stance of non-judgment. Um, one of my favorite stories about this is the Dalai Lama, right? The Dalai Lama is awesome because other cultures have a very different view on these things. And he talks about kindness. So let me read this to you. It's pretty fun. One thing is certain. If we are not kind to ourselves, we cannot be kind to others. In order to have love of others, or to others, and to be tender, in order to wish them happiness and freedom from suffering, we must first have these feelings for ourselves. Then we will be able to understand that other people have the same aspirations we do, and love and compassion become possible. If we hate ourselves, we cannot love others. And if we do nothing to change this attitude, we will have little chance of finding inner peace and joy. We will waste our life, and that is stupid. Perhaps I should not say these things, but that is the truth. I love how bold and blunt he is. I I feel like if I got to hang out with the the Dalai Lama, I would find him to be a very rational person. It's kind of funny. He comes at compassion from a very rational stance. But that is stupid, right? This idea that we would um, not understand that really is about an internal work that we're doing. So kindness towards self is directly, um, is is the key, right? It's the key to letting go of these things. So you need to start with exceptions of what you are feeling, what you are feeling. Right, so practice this. What I'd like you to do is we're going to take three rolls here. So I'm going to make this an active podcast. I want you to imagine three chairs. And if you want, you can stop this podcast and set up three chairs or three spots in your living space. Or you can just step into these three head spaces for a minute with me if you're driving down the road. But the first one is the judger, right? The judging voice, the critical voice in your head. So I want you to think of an area, maybe one of those weaknesses that you just wrote down. And I want you to just go ahead and give it a good judge, right? You're so stupid. I mean, you're not, you think about it, you say really horrible things to yourself that you would never say to anybody else. So go ahead and just kind of step into that for a minute because you do it anyways. I think it's good to own it in this safe place. Part of it is just owning that you do this, that you kind of create this and tell yourself all those things, right? You know, I, you're so dumb. I can't believe you're doing this, you know, that kind of place. I want you to notice your body posture. I want you to notice if you feel a little puffed up, kind of powerful even as you talk to yourself this way. What I've noticed is that people step into the persecutor of self or others because it's powerful, right? That's like if I put myself down first, at least I'm in control of that, right? I'm so afraid the world's going to put me down. So what if I just go ahead and take care of that, right? Also, we can feel like that martyr, right? Inside, it's like, well, you know, I already called it. I already knew I was worthless. So there you go. I I beat you to the punchline. So these are ways that we protect ourselves, our ego. Doesn't really help us, but it's, it's kind of these ego defenses that we have. Then I'd like you to step into the judged place. I want you to step into the person who just received that and go just feel after yourself for a minute. What does that feel like? Respond to judgment. Tell judgment what it does to you, how it makes you feel, how it shrinks you down. Notice your body posture. Notice your emotions that come up. Uh, notice how motivated you are or aren't to actually address your problems when you're when you're judged like this, right? Generally, we're not motivated. 
Ironically, the thought has always been that we need this criticism to help us be motivated, but it's the opposite. That shame-based response actually shuts us down and steals our motivation. There's no safe place in which to approach things from. All right. And the last chair that I'd like you to step into with me is the one of compassion. I want you to think of a dear friend, that supportive friend or higher power voice, if you feel that to be supportive. What would the higher power voice or friend, the benevolent friend, say to the judged? Would it give you permission to have both strength and weakness? Would it encourage you? Would it say, hey, you know what? We all fail. We all win some. We all lose some. Here's some ways that you can be more successful. And I want you to notice then how you feel, how, what happens to your body posture. Are you the most neutral? Are you the most balanced in between? You cannot, so we're going to step out of this exercise for a minute. So those are the three postures. I would have you do that, those three chairs. Anytime you're really starving, you know, go ahead and accept the voice, right? Go ahead and accept how that's affecting you and then have compassion on that. And it'll kind of naturally give you the tools to go, okay, this is how I need to address this. But I want you to notice that you cannot create a new life or story from the negative. We need to hear and love on the emotion until it moves to a neutral place. So until you've kind of gone gone out of that you got to start with instead of anger or judgment just curiosity just understand me yeah you need to move it to awareness like I'm aware of how this is affecting me how this is pushing my life around not be critical about how I can't believe I'm back here again I can't believe this is happening but just that place of love and acceptance right Nobody's to blame. Life is just showing up for you where you're stuck is your shadow. So you want to step into that shadow and just look around, see what's there. What I love about shadows, because I love trees, is the shadow is actually the shadow of the true self, right? So this is the opposite of who you really are. It's just showing you where you need to let things go so you can step into your true and high self. What, what's your loop? Love on your pain of being stuck in this loop and recognize that you're separate from it, right? The moment you step outside and you can look at it with non-judgment, right there you're already starting to unblend it. It's not who you are. It's just where you're at right now. So that's first step in self-compassion is that loving kindness towards self that allows us to move into acceptance, right? Because acceptance then moves into forgiveness. We'll talk about this more in another podcast. And then forgiveness can move into um you know, places of joy and higher places after that. But we got to have that first removal of judgment into acceptance and then forgiveness in order to step out of these things. The next one is we want to move to common humanity versus isolation. So we tend to think we suffer alone, right? We go into this why me isolation. I am unworthy of comfort, right? Try telling me the version of your painful story uh, in a hundred percent terms of, um, you know, again, yourself, right? This is my story. This is what I'm choosing. I'm choosing to be alone. I'm choosing to isolate myself. Uh, maybe why, maybe why are you doing that? Right? Maybe I, I, I feel insecure, therefore I judge others or I self-isolate. And that makes me feel more isolated, you know, either, either immediately or temporarily, right? And this moves me out of the love and connection that I'm designed for. So notice how you separate yourself from humanity by either saying I'm better than or worse than, right? 
the ego story here is what we need to separate from. I'm not independent from others. We are all the same, right? We are all a part of one family. What I, the, the way I look at doing this work differently is that instead of being self-reliant, right, I need others, I, I must be dependent on them, or I'm completely, I'm sorry, I'm completely independent of others, I don't need anybody, or I'm dependent, I need them, I need to be validated, is this place of interdependence, right, that we all have an effect on one another, right, we all are interconnected, and we'll talk about more about this next podcast, but interdependence is really that swinging into the middle, so we'll get more into that, but interdependence is that paradigm shift. We are all connected. There is no separation be- between any of us. I don't want to break up with others or myself, but rather I'm going to break. I'm going to let go of emotions and beliefs that hold me in a place where I'm stuck or unsafe, um, and doesn't allow me to feel connected to others. The other thing that I want to maybe uh, understand is is that love is boundaryed. Like I love me and I love you. We're both equally important right? So how can I show up where I'm not owning the need uh, to fix you or um, meet your needs? One of the, I was just talking to a client recently and we were, you know, talking about a family member and, um, you know, how this person felt insecure with this family member. And I said, hey, how do you take 100% ownership of that story, how you show up and and you you give that power away of like, I'm responsible for making you love me or feel good about me, right? Or I need you to accept me. You know, what if you can just say, hey, the, your feelings are your feelings and my feelings are my feelings. What I find is that we, when we don't have this self-compassion, we have this critical voice, we replay stories, right? We go into situations where um, we assume that we're going to be rejected, right? That's our story. I deserve to be rejected. So we look for those opportunities to be rejected. And guess what? You look for something, you find it, you confirm your story. Pretty soon you're like, yeah, you didn't say, you didn't, you know, didn't acknowledge me when I came in the room. You didn't, uh, you know, let me know that I'm a value. And I, you know, and I'm projecting my own rejection I feel inside onto you because I need you to let me know that I'm a value. Instead of really owning like, I'm walking into this space with my own story and that's really about me. If I show in loving and accepting myself, then we can come to this place in the middle where I love me and I'm open to loving you if you can meet me in that middle where you love and accept me too. And if they're not, then I'm going to give your feelings back to you and say, well, I'm open to when you're able to love and respect me. But I, I'm here loving and respecting myself. Much easier said than done, I understand. But this self-compassion work, this self-nurturing work really puts us in the driver's seat. Some of you are saying, I know, because my clients say it to me all the time, well, Summer, what if myself doesn't have that capacity? Here's the thing. Every one of us is born with the biological ability to self-nurture. We actually are all born with that. We don't have a lot of practice with it, maybe. We've lost that practice, but we all have the flight or fight response, which may be what you've lived in. We also have the ability to nurture, right? We all do that. Otherwise, I mean, we do, right? We kind of know naturally, like, we need to feed ourselves or we need to, this, this is a natural inborn thing. We may have turned it off, but if we've turned it off, we can turn it back on. So I would suggest to you to not tell yourself that story, but to just practice it, even if it's just like, I love and accept you. Your feelings are okay. Your insecurity makes sense, right? That's where we start, right? Compassion highlights areas that we need love and nurturance. Where are you rejecting yourself? What old voice are you allowing to replay and tell you you need to earn your worthy or your safety? What would it be like to release that voice's role in your life that's maintaining your ego, right? 
instead of allowing your worth to come from where it can really come from, which is your heart, your true self or source, right? What I love is when you can step into compassion, that's that highest energy of love. And then the things start really flowing. Some of you have done that, right? I, I realize I've run into a dead end with these people in my life, these relationships. They're just, I'm not getting what I need from them because I'm coming to them out of balance. And so I'm just circling around and in balance, right? I need you. I need you. They are going to kind of protect, wait a minute, you, you don't need me. Like we're not balanced there. So they kind of pull back and then you feel rejected and around and around it goes instead of I choose to be next to you, beside you, right? And so you'll see that. You'll see that as we do this work. You're not your painful story. You really are powerful beyond measure. Be curious about your story. Notice that you're no longer a child. Notice that right now you have a lot more capacity and safety and ability than you did then. The voice is now in you and you can turn it off, right? The truth about self-compassion is it moves us towards growth rather than makes us soft. A lot of people believe that. The truth about self-compassion is it lowers anxiety and depression dramatically. Um, It allows you to find a neutral place where you can own your part of a negative cycle, change yourself. And only when you change yourself, then will the other people in your life change. I think a lot of times we're waiting for other people to change, but really what happens is you change yourself, you change your part of the dance, and then other people change their part of the dance to meet you somewhere in the middle. Instead of seeking to, to fix or change others, Let's work from our circle of influence, right? From the inside out. You are then safe of your own. um, You're then able to kind of own your actions and let other people own their actions. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. You're not responsible for how other feel or how other people feel or to meet their needs. But they're also not responsible for meeting yours. Do you see the difference? Yeah. All right, one last thing here. Um, I just want you to know that there's a possibility to kind of meet in this middle where not that I need you or I reject you, but I um, but I choose to be with you, right? I choose to co-journey with you. We, we nurture each other uh, without obligation, you know, unconditionally, right? We're not meant to not be in relationship with each other, but the idea is that we can meet people in this healthy, balanced middle not I need you, but I choose you and you're where my joy is found and you're where my balance is found, right? You and I together are this balanced whole. And I think, again, we're meant to be in relationship with each other. Maybe just look how that person's your great teacher, right? They're showing you the areas where you can grow, where you can really learn to love and accept yourself more. Even Difficult people will trigger you and they will help you learn the areas where you can offer yourself a little bit more self-compassion, where you can bring things to the light and grow. You're not weak, nor are you superior, right? You are, you are both strong and light, but the truth is, is you're deeply loved and you're accepted and acceptable right where you are. So we'll continue this kind of conversation in the next podcast, but I hope that you'll look into the power of self-compassion, the, its ability to unlock us from that victim story and step us into the power to uh, heal and to be higher versions of ourselves. Talk to you again soon.